Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of the Own the Moment podcast. My name is TJ Lasig. I am your host here at OTM, and we are coming to you today with some very exciting news. For some of you that may have seen on Twitter the other day, we revealed the OTM 50 index, which we have created over the past couple of weeks. So what we are going to do today is walk through what exactly this OTM 50 means. We've gotten a lot of questions about it on Twitter in terms of how it works, how we came up with it, what are the different moments that are included in it. So we are going to break all of that down for you today. And we have a special guest that is going to, to help us do that. So first I will introduce my co-host, Mr. Justin Herzig. Justin, how's it going? Cheers. It's going well. We, um, I'm, I'm excited for today because I think this is without a doubt the most uh, interest, the most viral, the most kind of just excitement that's been created in the ecosystem, um, at least on our behalf. Um, and I mean, the amount of just work that went into this behind the scenes um, is tremendous. And so I think it's great to kind of give a little peek behind the curtain today into how that's all made. Yep, definitely. Excited to get into that. And the man that is going to help us bring that to the people. This is the guy that has been grinding for, not kidding, days, if not weeks, scraping everything he can from the blockchain. I, I, I feel that we have a great grasp on all the data that exists out there. And this is the, the lead engineer here at OTM, although we prefer to call him our hacker ninja. We have Goran with us today. Goran, how are we doing, my friend? Hey, pretty good over here. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Good. Yeah. Excited to, to have you on the pod here. I think it's going to be a, a great show. And when you say he's been behind the scenes working for days, if not weeks, we don't just mean like that's the pro like period of time, like literally hasn't slept working consecutive days. Um, the background of this man from jumping tech company to tech company, conquering it all. And then at a time when he decides I'm going to stop working for the man and just go working soybeans and capital markets and trading. And then he decides he's going to come join us at Top Shot to build some market tools here. Uh, yeah, the, the underselling of the century, TJ, for a man who is great with introductions. Goran, how are you doing? It's pretty good, man. So excited to uh, to present what we have here. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I, thanks I for did, the generous intro. <laughs> I did undersell it a bit. I know, know that Goran is, is a bit of a, of a private kind of guy. But yes, the man is is an absolute wizard. And we are excited to have him on the team and excited to have him on the show with us today. So how we're going to do this is, first and foremost, I'll give a brief overview of what the OTM50 is and why we had this idea and why we think it is an important aspect of the Top Shot community. We will then get into all of the specific players and moments that are a part of the OTM 50 and why we feel that these 50 moments best represent the overall view of the market. And then finally, at the end, we will be walking through with Goran an explanation of how the heck this thing works and what is what inputs are going into it behind the scenes. So I'll kick things off. And really, the, the inspiration behind this was that We'd wake up every day and it's not clear, right? What happened overnight? Is the market going up? Is it going down? How have the past couple of days been? How have the weeks been? Are we at an all time high or not? And we felt that there was no way to, to simply and quickly answer those questions. So that was the inspiration behind this. And it's really think of it like the, the S&P 500 for Top Shot, right? You want to see how 
the stock market is performing. You can just take a quick look at the S&P 500, get a general idea if it's up or it's down, how things have been trending. And that, that is exactly what we are doing here with the OTM 50. We have eventual plans to, uh, right now we've only brought together a year-to-date view, but we have plans for single day views, week views, month views, all of that good stuff, just like you would get in any of the the stock market type apps. And we also have plans to, to create multiple indexes. So this is just a, a comp combination of series one and series two common moments, but we definitely want to experiment with indexes for some of the, the rare series, indexes for the challenges maybe. We, we have a lot of experimentation going on behind the scenes. Yeah, a lot of interest for the rookies too. I think that's probably one yeah. of the most uh, sought after indexes that we're gonna pump out soon. and. TJ's comments, right? I mean, the inspiration for this was just, how do I really get a good feel for how the market's been doing? And uh, to be honest, in the early days, what I would do is I would just go in and go on, you know, one of the various sites, go on Veerman's Intangible Market and pump in and say like, hey, who is the, who do I know has the most moments out of anyone? And uh, you've got the whale vaults, you've got like, you know, prank scene stuff. So I would just type those in and be like, okay, this is probably a good enough feeling. I know what it was yesterday, or I think I remember, and now it's at this, so I've got a general idea. It went up or down this much, but like, I don't know. That's the closest we could get. Eventually, as our portfolio started growing large enough, I could at least see how I'm doing, but I'm also very, um, predominantly pretty biased in where I'm um, investing. So I'm really just going in specific areas, like maybe the S1s, or maybe the MGLEs, or maybe just the rookies, and it doesn't really give me that broader sense of the market. And so that's where this does a great job of just that kind of a quick snapshot of what's been going on in the past 24, 48, et cetera, hours. Um, but also how have we been trending? Because to be able to see, um, to be able to see that kind of the two spikes that we've had, and then to see that the dip may not have been as, you know, uh, worrisome as maybe it kind of felt in the moment. Um, that's kind of that additional perspective, I think is very valuable. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm going to pull up on my screen here for those of you that have not seen it. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast version, definitely recommend that you check it out on our YouTube channel. But we are looking here. We have the, the lovely year to date view of the OTM 50 index. And as Justin describes, we can see that this pretty much aligns to, to what we've seen and felt, right? We had the initial spike, we had a bit of a pullback period, and then the past couple of days have just gone absolutely to the moon and we are excited to continue tracking this and see what happens over time i mean one thing that i don't think, think people realize is obviously the ones who have been involved in this for more than a month or so understood they felt how crazy that went from the initial you know jonathan bale's post that complete spike market just going crazy but to be honest what we've seen in the past 48 72 hours has been actually more significant um, from an, you know, from the grand scheme of things. And, oh, I can't wait to, you know, when we are have six months, a year, two years out there, and this just looks like the tiny little blurb at the bottom left of the corner. Um, but for where we are right now, obviously this feels extremely exciting. Without a doubt. So let's, let's go ahead and, and reveal a little bit of the secret sauce here. So obviously the, in the spirit of transparency, we, we want to share with you exactly the the 50 moments that we have selected and yeah, again, TJ, maybe it, we could get a little zoom in um yeah. i know we're not going to fit the entire 50 on that zoom but then we can at least uh for the names kind of go through as we uh yep. discussed 
think this will do. And eventually, um, so we're, you know, one of the questions we have always, we've been getting extremely often over the past two, three days is where can I view this? Where can I check out the moments? Where can I, you know, see the data? And we're working on it. We understand that this is something that is highly desired amongst the community. Um, we are going to continue to be providing um, regular updates to our Discord community. And then from there, we're trying to find a best place and the best way to bring this to the larger community uh, through some form of a web version. Yeah. Yeah. So, so here we have, have the list. I can, I'll do a brief scroll down, but you'll see, I don't think anything should be too shocking here. It's basically all of the big names from series one, the big names from series two, particularly a lot of the series two rookies that you'll see. And that's, that, that's where we felt that these are the moments that, that are, are truly reflective of kind of the baseline market, right? Obviously, what you'll notice here is that there's no, there's none of the higher end stuff. So everything is, is in the common tier and there's no moments from any of the challenges because for us, that, that's just kind of day to day or week to week noise. The way we're thinking about this is, is what's the, what's the long-term view, right? What are the, the moments that we believe are current staples of Top Shot and will be staples of Top Shot to come in the future? So Justin, did you have any particular yeah. color you wanted to add in terms of how we arrived on these 50 moments? Yeah, so and from a process standpoint, we're not trying to remake the wheel. We you know, saw what was going on with the S&P 500 and we wanted to say, how can we kind of take that methodology and bring it over here? And so the S&P 500, they choose, it's a, it's a committee that chooses those 500 stocks, um, equities, and they predominantly do it by liquidity, size, and industry. And so within Top Shot, we wanted to take a similar approach. So liquidity, we wanted to make sure that we were choosing ones that were being bought, sold, so we could really get a factor, um, a, a kind of real-time snapshot of how those are doing in the market from a trend standpoint. Uh, from a size-wise, we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to be, um, you know, we want to make sure that we had a level of volume in here. We want to make sure that we had a level of the ones that are going out there. They do have those LEs, so you will see, I think, our... They're all at least LE plus a thousand. Um, some of the lowest are in those kind of, I see 1600 for the Zion rookie um, common S1. But for the most part, and especially as we get into series two, you're yeah. getting into those higher volume. And then from an industry wise, yes, we don't have various industries, but we have different kind of um, you know, functions within. And that's where I think we want to make sure that we understand that rookies are going to be valued very differently than others. Uh, ideally, going forward, when, you know, we're going to continue to rebalance this probably quarterly, just like the S&P 500 does. And what we'll do is make sure that across those industries, we'll probably think of them as badges. We want to make sure we get a well-balanced portfolio of some first moments, some MBA debuts, some rookies. Um, and then maybe you know we can see, would it make sense to even bring in like a uh, master challenge reward like that Lamello we're going to have, or maybe something that is no longer in a challenge, but is still representative of these kind of badges and various types of uh, moments out there. Yeah, definitely. It's something that, that we are are going to be, as Justin said, continuing to track over time and making sure that it's a fair representation of the current market. Obviously, we are super, super early in this industry. So, so we're not going to dig our feet into the sand and say that, hey, these are the 50 we chose. We're not changing it no matter what. We plan to, to be adaptable. And again, the goal is that the, the final product that we look at is makes intuitive sense with what we've seen in the market. And 
I think that we can all agree that the, the graph that we're looking at here is, is very reflective of what we've all felt as we've experienced Top Shot over the past couple of weeks. All right. So, uh, Justin, uh, sorry, TJ, yeah. before we move on, I just want to add one interesting tidbit while we still have the players over here. If you could scroll to the left, Absolutely. Uh, I just pulled the numbers and uh, the number two play LeBron Dunk is actually the has the highest stake in the OTM 50 index. So with a 12%, so you could say that's uh, LeBron is our uh, to OTM 50 as Apple is to S&P 500. Uh, and second and third spot are Steph Curry with a three-pointer and Zion with an assist from SC, the serious one as well. So, yeah, and that's that, great. And that's why, like, we didn't want to say, "Hey, we're just going to put five LeBrons in," because LeBron does have that outlier feel. But then, just like the S and P five hundred, you do have some tech companies that are an outlier. So we do include that LeBron, which obviously has such a significant weight, um, but it's not going to obviously be one player having such a predominant impact on the larger market. Yeah, and I think I think that's a great transition, Goran, into to how all of this works. So I'll, I'll start with that first question then. So how how are these weighted, right? What why is LeBron the most impactful weight on the S and P five hundred? Is it is it due to his price average price sale? Is it due to his volume? Is it a combination of both? How exactly does that break down? Yeah. So while S and P five hundred is market weighted, meaning the higher market cap, the higher the weight. Uh, um, uh, the stock has in the index. Uh, we didn't do that uh, explicitly, but it ended up being so implicitly just because people are willing to pay higher amount of money for the same serial of a LeBron than let's say uh, Lonnie Walker, right? Uh, so uh, we didn't uh, explicitly introduce waiting. We didn't say anywhere in our code, LeBron is more important than any other moment and we should assign more weight to it. It's just that people are willing to pay more money for the same same cereals. Yeah, that makes sense. So it just it just kind of happens naturally due to the nature of LeBron and the nature of what people are willing to pay for him. So you mentioned the serial numbers, which I think is is a great transition into to my next question, right? Of what what am I looking at here? So we have these numbers down the left-hand side You'll notice that the numbers do not have a dollar sign. So this is not a sum of values or, or prices that people are selling for. So if you could talk a little bit about what that number represents, and then also, am I looking at sales data here? Am I looking at listing price data? I think that that's a question that, that everyone is going to have. And then as a part of that, can you talk about how the, the serial numbers are involved as you were just alluding to? Yeah, those are great questions. Let's uh, let's unpack that a little bit. So uh, what's the number on the y-axis is a question we get often. Yeah, it, it is not a dollar amount, the same as in uh, S&P 500 index. It is, uh, uh, the value is not a dollar amount. In fact, you cannot trade S&P 500 index. You can trade a derivative of it, such as ETF or futures or options or whatever, right? So the number on the y-axis is the actual index value. Uh, in absolute terms, it doesn't mean much. Uh, if it's 200 or 300, it doesn't tell you much. What it really shows you the relative movement of it compared to its previous values. The same way most people know today, oh, S&P 500 is around 4,000. 
were kind of there. Uh, drop to 3,500 would be bad. During March last year, there was a huge drop, right? The, uh, the same way as time goes on, people are going to get an intuitive sense for the OTM50 index and what the value stands for uh, relative to the previous values, right? Uh, you mentioned serials, and um, that was uh, actually our first challenge on how to do this. You showed the spreadsheet, and obviously, the players uh, we wanted to include in the index don't all have the same uh, number of moments in circulation. And we didn't want to limit ourselves just to, let's say, everybody with 12,000, right? Um, so what we had to do was normalize across different edition sizes. Uh, and the way we did that was to calculate the percentile of the specific uh, moment that was purchased. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to a percentile in a second, and I'll address your other question first, which is, is this purchases or listings? So unfortunately, um, as of now, there is way too much noise in the listings. Uh, the, the reason is a lot of people would list a random layup serial 13,800 for 20K and then hope that somebody misclicks, right? There's a lot of that in the market and we just cannot rely on listings right now to compute any sort of a true value of a moment. So this data completely relies on purchases, which is what Justin was saying. That's why we had to pay attention to the liquidity and pick the moments that have a history of purchases. So this is all just purchases. So for each purchase, we take a serial uh, and we uh, normalize it across the circulation count to get a percentile. Then we multiply that by the actual purchase price. So how did we come up with that? And what, what does that, so that, that's some math there, but what does that actually mean? What that means is that uh, we, when we were coming up with that, we wanted to reward when higher serials are going for a higher price. That means that there is demand in the market. People are willing to pay higher price for a high serial. Uh, and that is exactly what that does. Higher serial uh, uh, multiplied by a higher price is going to yield a higher index value. Uh, and that kind of signifies the greed in the market. If a serial number one of LeBron Dunk goes for 50K, I mean, that's nothing new, right? Uh, but if a serial 3,100 goes for, I don't know what the value is right now, uh, but higher than usual, that is definitely reflected in the index. And I think that's just really interesting because, to be honest, when I was first making kind of, you know, TJ and I were discussing behind the scenes, thinking about what this could look like, putting requests out for you. I was initially thinking like, hey, we're probably just going to use like the lowest price available. Like we'll just track that and that will give us a good sense in the market. And then I can get a good sense of like how these players do. But what we've been able to do, because we have, you know, obviously the blockchain, we're able to pull all the data, we're able to see all the sales, getting an actual view that is based off not just the cheapest sales, but all of the sales across. And as you're saying, the mints that are those lower numbers or the higher value mints, when those sell, those should have an impact on how we see the market trending. And so it's fantastic that we're able to incorporate that in a method that is far more sophisticated than I truly understand. Yeah, yeah the level of sophistication here truly is impressive. And I, I think, honestly, this is the, the first thing that we've seen out in the Top Shot marketplace that is, that is actually factoring in the serial numbers. A lot, of, a lot of things we're seeing and a lot of the things that even we've put out in the past have been, okay, what's the total cost of a set? Again, based on the lowest asking price. But that's not truly reflecting the sales that are actually happening. And you know, we look at account valuations right now across the industry. It's totaling up account valuations based on the lowest ask. I think there's two issues with that. Number one, 
as Goran already referenced, sometimes the lowest ask for some of the higher end items is way above anything that's actually sold at that price. And then number two, just from the, the, the way that Top Shot is right now, we see a lot of mistakes with that lowest ask. And there's a couple moments that have been stuck on a certain number as the lowest ask, even though the true lowest ask is higher. So we did not feel that and that third. was an accurate representation. And third, the serial number is not included. So if yep. you are someone who yep. collects the mints that are those, you know, single digit, double digits, that's not going to account for your account valuation. Now, this is an account valuation, but if we're going to do something that we feel is representative of the market, well, it's important then to you know, account for those if we can. Yeah, that's spot on, Justin. And, and one thing I would add is, uh, uh, and to add to what TJ said, I haven't seen a lot of work in this area yet in Top Shot, but what's interesting about this market and other NFTs is that uh, the, uh, the market is non-homogenous. So uh, one Apple share, uh, if you exclude preferential shares, let's just do that for right now for simplicity, is the same as any other Apple share. It doesn't matter which one you own. Here, this is not the case. Serial 23 is not the same as Serial 14,000 something, right? And uh, what uh, we're working on right now behind the scenes, we're not gonna share details right now as of yet, but is uh, doing the valuations using the serials. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, I think that's going to be really important going forward, uh, computing those serials in, because another dimension in this market is the collectors, uh, which is, and they either true collectors probably wouldn't even list their moment, uh, but some collectors might list it for an extremely high price, and then if it, hit, it hits, it hits, right? So you also have to amount for that. Justin, you're on mute. All right, so I have a question for you, Goran. TJ, if you can show us the chart. Um, I made a statement earlier, and uh, I think directionally it was accurate, but I'm not actually positive, and I'd love to get you to kind of check me on it. Um, we see with the OTM index, we're starting off in those you know, near zero. Obviously, it's not zero, but it's very low in the early beginning of January. We jump up to about 200. Then that set, you know, we obviously had our dip and then we were hanging around like, let's say 125 and we jumped up to 350. So the first jump was a little less than 200. And the second jump was about a little less than 200 as well. Were those representative or is it more impactful the first one because it was going off a lower scale of zero to begin with? Or is it more of just like, uh, I guess, is, it an, is there an exponential thing or is it more of just a raw, okay, it went up 200 and in three months, if it goes up 200 again, it's the same thing as it going up 200 today? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good question, Justin. I don't know if we can answer that right now. Obviously, the first spike was much higher in percentage terms because it uh, just started from a value so low, right? Uh, but uh, we have so little data and this market has so little history uh, that I, I don't know if we can <laughs> we can predict what's going to happen here. Got it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we didn't uh, post a graph, but um, in the within the OTM team, we also have this graph going way back uh, back to August, and it, it is pretty much flat zero, and then the vertical vertical starting in late January, right? Yeah, that's a that's a wild view. We're definitely going to share that out on Twitter at some yeah. point because I think that's the. <laughs> That's the steepest graph of growth that I, I think I've yeah. seen in any of these industries. And, and we've seen some, some steep graphs and, and things like Bitcoin and such in the past. But truly, the, the trajectory of this industry is, is at a rapid, rapid pace right now. And I think that 
this view really reflects that and kind of validates what we all have have known that we've seen. Like we've felt it. We've been in the weeds of, oh, wow, this is huge. And to me, putting together this OTM 50 really validates that internal gut feeling and, and puts that on paper and creates it in a way where anyone that, that is not super in the weeds can look at this graph and be like, okay, yes, this is, is a fast growing industry. And I don't think that there's any way to dispute that when we see the trajectory of this curve. Yeah. And one thing that we've been monitoring behind the scenes um, is when the maintenance is happening. And like, so when there is downtime for the site and I mean, goes along with, I'm sure what people are feeling the past kind of three or four days has had some of the most downtime since, you know, the beginning of the year. Um, and that makes it even more astonishing that what we've seen this complete, just more vertical than a hockey stick, I'd even say, um, just skyrocket up was predominantly happening when there was prolonged periods of maintenance uh, as well. And even in the past 24 hours, when we saw significant record after record after record for sales, for transactions, um, everything was uh, for buyers and sellers being broke. Uh, that was being done in a very short period of time because there were such prolonged periods of maintenance during those days. Uh, so everything we're seeing right now should just make us bullish in the long term. Yes, it's obviously possible that there might be some market correction um, you know, after this extremely steep jump. That's extremely natural. And we can kind of, when it happens, I'm not trying to time it, we can expect that it will eventually. Um, but from a long-term trajectory, everything we're seeing should make people extremely bullish. Yeah, we were just looking at the data, Justin, you mentioned yesterday. And uh, out of the 15 uh, one-hour periods in number of transactions, uh, ever since the beginning of Top Shot, top 12 were yesterday, uh, despite the maintenance. I think people are just out there waiting for the market to come up and uh, have wow. at it, right? So on a, let me make sure I understand. So on a hourly basis, transactions per hour, yep. 12 of the 15 of all time were in the last 24 hours or that last day yesterday. Yesterday, correct, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think that's just going to continue to be be the case. And that's the kind of data and the kind of stats behind the scenes we're going to continue looking at here at OTM. I think we've done a, a, a nice job of breaking down everything that the people need to know about the OTM 50 index. I uh, want to kick it to you guys one last time. If there's any last pieces that, that you feel we did not cover, or if you feel that, that we are all set here, Justin, I'll go to you first and then go to Goran after that. Yeah, so we absolutely love hearing from you all with questions, anything about this that you're more curious in, because that helps us kind of uh, shape these conversations as well as kind of our product roadmap going forward. Um, so definitely feel free, reach us on Twitter, reach out however, we, um, however you know, we're available. We're happy to chat through these um, from a where we're hosting it, because I know this, I mentioned it, but this continues to just be a hot you know, a question. We will continue to regularly post this as an updated view in the Discord. And we're going to try to find a place to put it, a way to kind of distribute it, a way to make it available and accessible to everyone uh, in a web-based. Everything's been happening so fast in this space, and we are trying to run, run, run. Um, but just kind of bear with us as we, we want to make sure, you know, that quality is just as important, if not more important than speed. Um, so bear with us. Or I would, uh, I would 
Yeah, I would second what, what Justin said. And uh, perhaps the hardest part of all of this was uh, collecting the data, cleaning it and storing it in a way that's appropriate for analysis. Uh, we have completed that part mostly right now. So we have, uh, I would say, uh, our listeners can expect a lot more analysis like this uh, going forward, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, hey, th thank you guys so much for walking through this. It was, it was a shorter pod today, but we just wanted to to stick to the facts of what this OTM50 index is. Also, I know that on this podcast, we we frequently joke about Justin being so sharp and Justin being the robot, but I think that that this podcast is going to uh, let the people know that Justin is actually not the smartest guy that we have on the OTM team here, which is kind of a scary thought. So really excited to, to have you on board, Goran. Super impressed with all the work that you've done. Again, the guy spent day and night for weeks. I, I feel confident that we have the most comprehensive database in terms of every single event that has ever happened in the history of Topshot and the Flow blockchain because we went to every, Goran went to every last detail that you could possibly find. No stone was left unturned. And we feel really good about the, the powerful insights and the powerful views that we're going to be able to bring to all of you as a result of this data. So as Justin said, there is more to come. We are, are working as hard as we can to, to get this stuff out as quickly as possible. So be patient with us. Send us any feedback, any questions, any things that you want to learn more about. We're grinding here over at OTM and, and loving every single second of it. So thank you guys for, for listening to this pod. On behalf of Justin, on behalf of Goran, on behalf of producer Coop behind the scenes, I am TJ Lasig, and we will see you guys next time.